at, within any company, I imagine, um, is a whole different set of skills that are required. Yeah. And initially, that can be super intimidating. I remember arriving and um, just being hit up with all these new tasks and just going, oh my, like, I don't really know what's going on here and don't know, couldn't really see how it was going to be of like instant value. I could see that I could learn it over time. But um, it was really about me just stepping back and just um, kind of not stressing out about it and just going, look, I need time to learn this. I'm going to get it eventually. And um, just being able to clearly communicate that to like the manager and everyone else that is there that like this is a learning process. You don't just come in overnight and become an expert at what they do. And I think most of the people who accommodate people coming on a rotation or a succumbent or anything like that, like they're pretty aware, to be honest, that yeah. that's what's going on. And yeah. you might speak differently, Ryan, as a succumbent. Uh, you might be the subject matter expert and you come in with those expertise and you're helping out. But I think in most times, like trying to fit in with the company's culture and then also their work practices and working procedures, there is a lot of uh, like adaptation you have to do within your career yeah. to, to match Yeah, I think, I think there probably is... A, a Difference of comments, I think, are different, but yep. I think there is probably, I think you are probably correct in saying that rotations you do specifically change from business unit to business unit. Whereas with a comment, um, and I'll talk about it later, but yeah. uh, you'll come in for a certain project, so uh, it's unlikely and it's not common, I suppose, to come in for a comment where you know nothing about the project. G'day guys, it's uh, Ryan here. And Jack as well, welcome back to another episode with The, the Pretensioneers. And um, what a year it's been mate, I mean yeah. we've only just begun and the year's already over. Yeah, and... we're, um, we're just enjoying a beer here on a beautiful balmy night here in Queensland um, and just having a bit of a reflection and, and just realising, I mean, you know, we've only just started releasing the episodes but... Yeah, so um, fresh still. We're so, we're so excited and we're so, I suppose, humbled and, and really, uh, what do we, you know... Uh, a word like i'd say i'm just so impassioned keen, yeah impassioned. for this opportunity that yeah. we have at from the, the responses we've got i mean just yeah. the other day uh we had oricon you know one of the largest design consultancies in the world actually share our posts share our podcast yeah uh they actually featured us uh in their like monthly newsletter um so yeah we're super surprised by everyone's just the support has been amazing yeah and um yeah, can't wait really to just it. keep spreading this message that we're yeah. spreading at the moment and exactly we just feel it's so important in this industry to be able to spread that and just share knowledge and share experiences you know because yep. like we're saying you know the whole point of changing is is we fake it till we make it because you just don't know what your job's like what the company's like what yeah. your role is like until you do it and so we really just want to share that knowledge with people so you guys can end up successfully choosing and enjoying the career you're yeah. in. Yeah, and it all know, comes so. down to that transparency, I think. I think. Um, yeah, being honest. Yeah, and that's kind of what this whole thing is all about, is being super transparent as to what we actually do, what the uh, good parts are, the bad parts yeah. are, everything, everything about between. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's kind of the real value that we can kind of give yeah, to people exactly. and we want, to, exactly. we want to give to people that people need to, yeah. to so, hear and have. To, to finish off 2018, guys, uh, Jack and I are actually going to talk about, I suppose, one concept which is travel um, and we're going to talk about it from two different aspects mm. uh, Jack's going to explain his travel uh, in actually the three different rotations uh, he's done with Wholesome yep. uh, and then I'm going to talk about uh, and I know I've mentioned it in a couple of my podcasts uh, I'm going to talk about this comment I'm actually currently completing for a client of ours in Melbourne so um, 
yeah, quite yep. quite similar kind of things that uh, you might be required to do when you, I suppose, graduate or start your work kind of thing. But they're also quite different as well, like rotations and secondments. I, up until now, kind of thought that travelling for work would always be quite a similar process. But yeah. when you really get into the meat and the details of the whole thing, it is, it is quite different, really. Yeah, exactly. And I think... Um, the thing as well, Jack, is that it's really important for us to be transparent as we always are, but really to highlight the, the pros and the cons because what yeah. works for me doesn't work for you and what works yeah, for you right. doesn't work for me. So yep. we've got a lot of engineers, all different sizes and shapes, you know, so whether you're different ages, you know, different relationship statuses, um, you know, all those sort of things, different life circumstances allow you to either love travel or not really want to travel with your job. So, absolutely. Um, yeah, so uh, I hope you enjoy, guys. This is just going to be a recap on what we've been doing in travel. Um, if you've got mm. any questions, uh, if you've got any comments, like I say all the time, please hit us up on thepretengineers at gmail.com. Um, yep. Send us your questions. Um, and 2019, really looking forward to it. We're hoping it's going to be a massive year for us, for you, for everyone that we talk and share with. Uh, we've got a lot planned, a lot coming. Yeah. And we really just want to keep pushing this message, this message of pretend engineering, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. All that embodies that. Yeah. And, and we, we just want to help uh, graduates, but also younger engineers that are just starting out their careers, um, really help them. Uh, understand the different roles and the different jobs that and the potential they can have with their careers and uh, and you know where where they can take them so um, you know we're super excited guys so please enjoy this podcast uh, like I said hit us up on uh, SoundCloud and we're getting onto Spotify and Apple we're getting onto all your platforms so also let us know what is your common uh, podcast platform and where do you want us to you know be be like what platform do you want mm, us to be on definitely. Um, where do you listen to your podcast so uh, but again, enjoy, guys, and, uh, and Merry Christmas, and have a, a bloody fantastic new year. So, Perfect. cheers. Uh, Jack, do you want to just kick it off basically explaining your graduate program at Wholesome uh, and I suppose the travel and, and, and how that program sort of worked? Yeah, definitely. So um, I suppose for myself, um, joining up to a graduate program, it's actually a requirement that we do travel for the program. Um, for Wholesome in particular, it's a requirement that you do at least one rotation away from home. And um, for me, that didn't end up being the case. I ended up doing two rotations away from home. And I suppose for myself, coming from somewhere like the Gold Coast, and now I'm in Brisbane, you could technically count this as another one away from home. Yeah. Um, so oftentimes if you live rurally or you're not in a major capital city where there isn't work with your company, you will have to do three rotations away from home. It's just that simple because work yeah. doesn't exist there. So, so um, you did so you did three rotations, uh, and that was over the two years. Then is it? So yeah, that's roughly over eight a months, two year, roughly. So, yeah, that's right. Eight month, eight month rotations over a two year period. Yeah. So I was. Um, they hit me up straight away, actually, and were just like, "Hey, like." Um, so, but, so you obviously lived on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Then did you get this graduate wholesome job with like? Wholesome Gold Coast or Wholesome Brisbane and how does that work and then how did they send you straight away? So um, the way it works is all the interviews and kind of recruitment process it's uh, split up by states like you said yep. um, it's not really I mean there is kind of like a Wholesome Queensland New South Wales and all that in, in terms of business units but uh, when the interviews go down, um, they're actually for more of our learning and development and recruitment kind of side of things at Wholesome. So that's a national kind of thing. Yeah. And we talk more so with the national kind of people and they're, they're the people who look after us. They basically go through the business and identify opportunities and roles that are in the business 
um, based on current projects and works that we're pursuing around the around the country and then they come back to us graduates and go hey we've got a major project going on here or there's a big need in Melbourne at the moment because we're doing a metro tunnel or West Connects in Sydney or whatever it might be yeah so it's needs based yeah exactly so they immediately came back to me and um, they said, Jack, like, um, we'd love for you to rotate. Um, you're welcome to stay at home for your first rotation, but do know that home's going to be Brisbane for you. And at that stage, I remember just being super over the Gold Coast, um, not for any real particular reason, but I was just really keen to get out and explore, like, a new place. And um, they hit me up and were like, so do straight off the bat we can't guarantee anything but have you got any preferences on where you'd like to go and my only preference was not to go to Brisbane I don't know why I just wanted to get away and explore somewhere new yeah yeah and of course um I think it was a month later they came back to me and they went you're going to Brisbane (laughs) (laughs) you're kidding me (laughs) one spot you definitely don't get your preference (laughs) but um that being said I think it was two weeks later they came back and went oh sorry it's actually changed because I actually said oh that's all right I was a little bit disappointed but obviously just started with the company you go yeah that's cool like I'll make it work yeah and uh then they came back two weeks later and went actually no we've changed our minds there's actually a greater need in Melbourne we'll get you to go to Melbourne instead bingo and uh that was my first rotation moving to Melbourne um so yeah moved to Melbourne and maybe we'll get into like all the details about the logistics and all that um, in a bit. Yeah. But basically moved to Melbourne and that's like a, a massive step for myself anyway, coming from being a uni student, having no money, no nothing. Yeah, yeah. And so what, I, you're like 21, 22, just um, finished yeah, uni? Yeah, I think I might have been 22 or 23 by that stage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah, I've, I'd lived out of home before, but um, not in like a professional sense like this, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, moving down there was definitely a big step. And um, there's a ton of things that I would have done differently. Um, I suppose, I might as well get into it now, really. Um, When I moved down there, I moved down and I was just almost a little bit stressed out about finding a place. And I was just like, shit, I gotta find a place. And I found out through a friend of a friend that um, I had a mutual friend that was moving down there at the same time. And we went to school together and I just hit her up straight away and was just like, hey, like, we should definitely move in together and get a place. Like, it sounds like you're needing a place. And yeah, and she agreed and we went and got a place together. Um, Little did we know when I arrived, it was about February. And that time in Melbourne and I suppose any of the major capital cities is when uni students are going to be arriving for university. And every single university student and their dog is looking for accommodation. Cheap accommodation. Oh, I tell you. And that's exactly what I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember being in Melbourne the first couple of weeks and just lining up at uh, open homes and there'd be like 80 people in front of me. It was out of control. And I was starting to stress out a little bit because I was like, shit, like, I need to get a place. And yeah, the way um, Wholesome works is that when you're moved, you are given kind of like a compensation package and that includes, um, I believe it's one month of like accommodation. So you're given a month to, once you get there, uh, you put up in a hotel, so to speak, or like a furnished accommodation or like an apartment. And then during that month, you're expected to go out and find somewhere to rent because you're going to be there for eight months and you need to go and find a rental. Yeah, wow. Um, so it's a little bit of pressure in the first month to kind of try and secure everything. Especially like first grad job and stuff. Oh, man, so yeah. Intense. So I was trying to do that. Um, uh, I forgot to mention as well, they pay for all your flights and to move down, you get a certain allowance to move all your stuff down. Yeah. And they're quite good about that. 
Yeah. And but I mean, it's, it's pretty intense. I mean, you're just starting one with a company. You're just starting in a brand new job, like in in the Melbourne in the in the Melbourne team. And yeah. I'm sure you'll explain the logistics team and stuff, what you're doing. Mm. And then you've got to then find a house on top of that and get used to a new city. So oh, it's intense. It's, it sounds intense. You go from being this little uni student to adulting real quick real quick <laughs> zero to 100 real quick oh straight into it man yeah so yeah it's pretty intimidating but at the same time it's super exciting as well like it's an amazing new opportunity um anyway long story short ended up finding a um a place with um uh this girl that i ended up renting with and uh we signed on for a lease but we signed on for 12 months yeah. i knew i was only going to be there for eight months and at this stage i was so desperate um, oh, I forgot to mention that by this stage it had been about a month and a half and I'd had to hit up Wholesome and just be like, hey guys, I'm super sorry, but I've been, it's been really hard to find an apartment. Yeah. Can I extend my accommodation? And luckily Wholesome's a really good company like that and they're looking out, looking out for us grads and they were like, yep, there's no dramas, just let us know like the progress and if we can help you, we'll, obviously yeah. it's in our interest to find your place as well. Yeah. So um, that was really good of them. Extended it out, managed to get a place, and um, signed on for a twelve-month lease. And um, in hindsight, uh, I mean, at the time it was difficult because it was so competitive, and people were looking for that, and we yeah. really just needed to get into a place. But uh, since then, um, through my other rotations, I've kind of found that flatmates.com or another kind of space that a lot of uni students might actually use already is actually a really good option if you're only going to be there for like yeah. eight months or six More months. like semi-permanent to like almost casual renting. That's right. Yeah. And someone's already got the house all set up. It's yeah. all done. Yeah, Furniture's exactly. all in there. You don't need to worry about all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And if you know you're going to be there for eight months and then you're shooting back home eight months later... It's probably, in my opinion, not really worth the hassle of setting Signing up a whole house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got to remember you're bringing in like TV, couch, yeah, fridge, I was about to say all furniture. those things. Yeah, exactly. And by the time you're done, it's pretty much time to move back out again. Kind yeah. Of thing. Well, um, yeah, okay. Yeah, so that would definitely be a, a real instant lesson learned for me because after that, I was asked to go to Coffs Harbour and that's when I got onto flatmates.com, moved in with uh, a guy there, moved into an amazing house right next to the beach, uh, all furnished. Much easier. Oh, a really nice guy. Didn't even sign on to like a bond or anything like that. Wow. Um, yeah, it was just like super cruising. Lessons no learned drum. pretty quickly though. Oh, eh? I tell you what, <laughs> like so good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. Cool. so can you just quickly explain? Um, well, obviously, you want to try and keep this podcast, you know, relatively you know, thirty to forty minutes like we normally do. But can yeah. you just basically explain, I suppose, then your role in the Melbourne team, um, and I suppose what you learnt in that role? Uh, I know it wasn't exactly very engineering, very technical in the engineering space, mm. but what you learnt and um, and maybe just explain a bit about how you combated or how you adjusted to a new city, new job, new team, new everything. Can you just maybe yeah, explain a bit yeah. about that? No, it's a really good point because you come from, <laughs> I mean, we always say in Australia that we all talk, the, I mean, I'm quite well travelled uh, having my family living in Switzerland and I can really see the difference between cultures over in Europe and then they go, oh, what's the difference between someone who lives in Brisbane and someone who lives in Melbourne? And I'm like, there's no difference, really. Yeah. But... It's funny, when you actually move and live there, yeah. that's when you start to notice and you go, well, there is actually quite a few differences, quite a differences. here. Yeah. And um, for myself, moving to Melbourne, um, I gelled really well with the team. So for anyone who's got a Melbourne uh, secondment or a rotation coming up and you're into sports and you're into going out after work and drinking or that kind of like culture, um, 
you're going to have a great time. Melbourne is amazing like that. The office is almost just buzzing every Monday morning because the AFL's just been been over. Everyone's talking about that. Um, even if it isn't the AFL, there's another sport that's went down that everyone's talking about. There's a huge um, music festival or something that people are talking about. And this is even the older people that are talking about it. Yeah. So coming from like a government organisation in Queensland where there was just no hype in the office at all about yeah, that kind yeah, of yeah. stuff it's and an then, international city it's a completely yeah. different space oh incredible space so yeah gelling with that team for me was super easy um, and at the same time these people are super professional I mean you're in a city people are there basically to work and get ahead in their careers you don't really want to live in a city unless you're pursuing a career really at the yeah. end of the day I mean there's different types of people but for myself anyway I'd much prefer to be living on the Gold Coast surfing um, and the only reason I'm there is because I'm pursuing my career and there's a lot of people that have that same interest yeah. and that makes it real easy to quickly get along with people and align those kind of interests. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, um, that's all real easy. Um, working with the team was fine. Um, obviously, when you move to a different place, um, at, within any company, I imagine, um, there's a whole different set of skills that are required and initially that can be super intimidating i remember arriving and um just being hit up with all these new tasks and just going oh my like i don't really know what's going on here and don't know couldn't really see how it's going to be of like instant value i could see that i could learn it over time but um it was really about me just stepping back and just um kind of not stressing out about it and just going look i need time to learn this i'm going to get it eventually and um just being able to clearly communicate that to like the manager and everyone else that is there that like this is a learning process you don't just come in overnight and become an expert at what they do and I think most of the people who accommodate people coming on a rotation or a succumbent or anything like that like they're pretty aware to be honest that that's what's going on and you might speak differently Ryan as a succumbent you might be the subject matter expert and you come in with those expertise and you're helping out but I think in most times like trying to fit in with the company's culture and then also their work practices and working procedures there is a lot of uh, like adaptation you have to do within your career yeah. to, to match yeah them. I think I think there probably is a, a difference of comments I think are different but yep. I think there is probably a, I think you are probably correct in saying that rotations you do specifically change from business unit to business unit whereas with a comment um, and I'll talk about it later but yeah. uh, you'll come in for a certain project so uh, it's unlikely and it's not common I suppose to come in for a comment where you know nothing about the project so definitely. I think that's definitely correct in what yeah. you're saying so yeah. With the, with the rotations, especially in a grad program, the essence of that rotation is the fact that you're getting di- experience in different business units, so you, you more often than not will have very little to no experience in that type of work. Absolutely, and yeah. that was 100% the case for me when I did mine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we are conscious of time, so I'll, I'll wrap up kind of the Melbourne stint and yeah. just mo- moving on to coughs. I mean, it is uh, quite similar. I had those learnings of kind of finding a place and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I suppose kind of like the thing I kind of learned the most is um, establishing yourself within the community of people that work in that business. It is yeah. really hard moving from somewhere where you're comfortable, you have all your friends and your relationships. Yeah, exactly. You know every single person in the business to call if you have a problem. Next minute, you're in a completely new state again. and yeah, you're like, yeah, shit, yeah. who do I call here to find out this and that? 
One one uh, thing I just if I can interrupt yeah. you, one thing that I just find interesting and maybe listeners might find interesting is how did you find integrating yourself into a team when you're in a big city like Melbourne yep. compared to integrating yourself into a team from scratch again but in a small place like Coffs? Definitely. Yeah. What what were the differences or the, the pros and cons from that man if you, it's, if you could explain It's a that. really good question actually because when I think about it I integrated well with, with both teams to be honest. So Coffs obviously being a lot smaller team, it's rural team. Yeah. Um but even just thinking logically about it, Coffs is going to be easier to integrate with because they're a little family. Um, everyone knows everyone. Everyone's kind of aware that you've moved in. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's almost the big thing of the company. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, we, yeah, we've yeah. got the new graduate. Like, everyone's going to come out and meet them. Like, this yeah. is exciting. Kind yeah, of exactly. Not yeah. saying it's, that they're it's, doing... It's a novelty. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. like they're not doing anything out there, but like, it's a bit of a novelty. Everyone when one person say, adds oh, to a team of 10, it's a lot different than when one person adds to a team of 50. Exactly, man. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, in Melbourne, it was very much... Um, I arrived and I remember... I so clearly the first day my manager took me around and introduced me to everyone in the head office in Melbourne and I reckon there's maybe like I might be exaggerating a bit here but there's probably about 100 people sitting in that office and I reckon I met about 100 people that first day (laughs) your head is just whirlwinding everyone knows your name now but you know about three people's names (laughs) because that's all you've retained yeah yeah um so yeah but You've got to remember in Melbourne, that's 100 new contacts I have. Yeah. And whilst it might take me a bit longer to uh, learn these names and yeah. yeah, get a rapport with these people, that connection is kind of invaluable. And I still use it today um, when I've got problems here in Queensland. I'll call up people that I know in the Melbourne office who yeah. are subject matter experts in different parts of our business. Yeah, fantastic. And I know I'll be able to count on them. Whereas yeah, cool. the guys in Coffs, we all get along really well. And I definitely ask them questions as well. But uh, for very specific kind of like niche kind of topics, it's a little bit harder to call them up and ask about those kind of things because yep. they're quite generic operations and yeah, go yeah, by yeah. the book, you know, whereas Melbourne's setting the standard of what we do. Yeah, cool. And, and just quickly, I suppose, can you just comment on your role uh, at the quarry in, in Coffs and what you did in the operations of the quarry, what you learned and I suppose what you had to learn, you know, what was different from Melbourne and, and how did you learn and that sort of stuff? Yeah. So... Um, Melbourne, I've touched on it before, I think, in previous podcasts, but I was doing kind of almost like an IT project. We were integrating uh, vehicle tracking systems and intelligent vehicle monitoring systems into our fleet. So very office-based, project kind of engineer role, um, kind of engaging a client, um, being wholesome and with a... um, contractor major contractor that was supplying all that and then i went straight into operations in cost harbor and we're doing projects kind of like uh, highway upgrades and uh, various kind of like road projects and stuff like that as well as supplying our internal customers which is wholesome concrete and that's kind of how the business operates yeah um so for me i've come from wearing almost a suit every day to all of a sudden wearing the same kind of like unironed tradie shirt and because no one no one's really watching if you got an iron shirt there. Yeah, like you exactly. Do it, you yeah. do as you wish. So it's a big sea change between yeah. those two. Um, and uh, it's very like language, body behaviour, everything's changed. Um, yeah. Yeah. Coughs, the customs um, and the environment and stuff is very different. Absolutely, it can be uh, quite challenging sometimes rurally as well. And I'm talking about uh, company culture here. Yeah. Uh, Melbourne, everyone wants to work. They're super keen to get into it, very passionate. Yeah. Coffs Harbour, you don't live in Coffs Harbour to pursue a career. You live in Coffs Harbour because 
you want to pursue your lifestyle. It's just a different lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, sure. as as you might imagine, then not everyone is 100% thrilled to come to work on a Monday because they've just had an insane fishing trip on the weekend or yeah. they've been out doing something like that. So it can be a lot harder to motivate a team out that way. Yeah. And especially in like an operational sense, whereas. Um, in Melbourne on Monday morning everyone's in like 7am going nuts because they want to get ahead they want to prove to the boss that they're doing well they yeah, want yeah. to get ahead I think career. it's a different work environment as well yeah, when, right. you, when you've got a smaller team and you know each other really well I yeah. think you have to handle things differently than when you have 50 people you don't know them as well and it's quite it's a bit it's a lot more formal I think Definitely. would you agree yeah, yeah. Oh, I totally agree yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. awesome and I suppose skipping off then onto your third one uh, mm. here in Brisbane, what what has that been like and what role do you have? And I'm, I'm sure you've explained yeah. it, but can you talk a I, bit about that? That's an interesting one as well is because I am doing operations again here in Brisbane as well. And so comparing operations with Coffs and Brisbane, Brisbane being in a city is quite interesting because um, there's definitely the same kind of... Um, work going on but I'd say here in Brisbane uh, the overtime hours that I do and the time that I spend around um, hanging at our plants and our operations when it um, that isn't prescribed in your contract or going above and beyond is uh, significantly more yeah. heaps more yeah. than what I would so in coughs could you just give like rough ballpark figure on the rough hours you're doing maybe in coughs and the rough hours you're doing in Brisbane yeah so coughs um, I'd say get in 6.30 toolbox and by the time you start it's probably about like 7 o'clock really yeah um, work the whole way the whole day through um, when I first started I believe we were wrapping up at 3pm yeah. and then and that was just due to like a lack of work a few projects had cooled down and that was that and then at the end we'd gone back to 4pm finishes so kind of you'd say I would say a 7 till 4 day really at like oh, max kind of thing yeah yeah whereas um, in Brisbane here in Brisbane um, again, completely different business. It's hard to compare apples with apples on this one, but um, Concrete is a business where we're here uh, for the first customer in the morning and we hang around till the last customer at night kind of thing. Yeah, well. And, I mean, as a management team, that's not always required, but oftentimes we'll be on the complex pour or there'll be some kind of uh, job that's there and it's kind of encouraged um, I wouldn't say always expected, but encouraged to kind of hang around. Yeah, um, monitor the situation. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't want to scare anyone off, but, like, some sometimes I can have massive, um, like, days starting at, like, 4 o'clock, say, and you'll wrap up at, like, 5, 6. Yeah, wow. Well, 12, 13, 14-hour days Yeah, sometimes. like, that can definitely happen. But you've got to remember, in operations, um, we're there from the first customer to the last customer. So if it's a rainy day, no one really wants to pour concrete. The same again if it's a really hot day. Yeah. So well, we could be going home at, like... 12 o'clock some days we might yeah. be we might be arriving at like 7 on a rainy day and going home yeah. but um, you also got to remember it's Brisbane and it barely ever rains here so there's, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of work getting done yeah. and if you're pursuing opportunities and you're ambitious which I'm sure our listeners are if they're listening to these kind of things that's maybe something that you're really after that you want to get that kind of experience and you'll get that real quick being in a city yeah but um yeah, mate, we should probably get on to you. I've talked a lot about myself. <laughs> Tell me. It's been good. It's been yeah. good. So, all right. So, so you've been on a comment to Melbourne. Yeah, so if, if you're comparing, I suppose, uh, Jack's work in, in three graduate rotations, um, what sort of happened for me at GHD, we have a, a slightly different graduate program. Um, we do have a graduate program in the sense that we do have targeted training sessions um, throughout the two years uh, that help uh, us with 
business aspects, team building aspects, and I suppose technical aspects. Um, but we don't have a set rotation uh, as such with with uh, with GHD. It's more uh, maybe you, you either have different travel or you have different opportunities uh, on a needs based system. So. Um, this is a comment I've had, and, and if if we've got a lot of junior listeners and a lot of uni students or, or someone that maybe isn't familiar with the word secondment, um, essentially, you, you, you know, if you compare, like, let's say, having a normal contract with a normal client, you start the job for them, you yep. know when the job should finish and what it roughly should cost. You work in your own office, and you're still an employee of GHD. Yeah, that's normally how a normal contract will work. A secondment is slightly different, and and this is this is just typical, but a secondment is sort of like a contract but you don't necessarily have a firm finish date and you don't necessarily have a firm you know uh, project price yep. and the difference is that you actually more often than not work in the client's office so you're almost working like an employee of and for my comment here in Melbourne it's been uh, working for City Power Power Core so um, they're uh, one of the major distribution and transmission um, I suppose utilities in, in Victoria um, mostly covering the southwest and, 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 and all of the west side and uh, of, of the state as well as in the city. Um, and so, yeah, with, with City Power Power Core, um, I started this comment in September. Uh, it, it, came up, it came up pretty quickly. I was just finishing a tender design for Cross River Rail, um, which people in Queensland will know about. Uh, and then I just sort of didn't really have one, any projects really coming up and, and I was offered to go on the secondment to, to City Power in Melbourne and and uh, I was offered this contract, uh, I think, like on a Thursday. And I was actually in Melbourne the following Saturday. <laughs> so, yeah. Far out, yeah. Pretty- yeah, I remember you telling me about it on, I think it might have been the Tuesday or the Wednesday or something like that. That yeah. maybe this would come up. And then literally, what was it, five days later, yeah. you're in Melbourne, walking yeah, the streets the of Melbourne. Yeah, exactly. Going to your Melbourne office. Yeah, so... I mean, people hearing this will think, wow, that's pretty crazy. And so it, it's definitely not for everyone. Um, it helps that I'm, I'm single and, and my biggest commitment is my dog. So, <laughs> so it's easy as to just offload him to my yeah. my mum and uh, and she was happy as Larry with that. So, and um, is the turnaround, because I know uh, when you interviewed Robbie, actually, he did the same thing going down to Newcastle. Yeah. And um, is the... Is the turnaround always that quick for a secondment or is it that kind of like a rarity or anything? So it's 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 an ad hoc ad hoc basis. So Robbie yeah. Hoffman, uh, he did an internal secondment yeah. um, with GHD Newcastle mm. uh, and worked in their transport and roads team. Yeah. Um, so I think that takes sometimes a little bit longer to develop because you know that you've got, you've got uh, that internal relationship. You've got that in- no, but also you, you know that you've you need someone, yeah. but maybe you need someone for a project that's up- upcoming. Yeah. Okay. So you don't need a full-timer to employ them for one, two, or five years, but you know, oh, I've got a six-month project coming up, so we might need someone, and you know, let's say Brisbane office yeah. is not that busy, so yeah. you, we can pinch him. Okay. This project, it can be very abrupt because it's obviously with a client, and you yeah. don't know what they do or don't need. They almost so, freak out last minute and yeah. go, crap, we actually need yeah. someone. They, they might have a project kicking off or a project finishing or something like that, and, and they might actually be losing some of their staff members to a high priority project and, yep. and this is what's happened at City yep. Power Power Core where they've had a high priority project come up a couple of their guys from one team had to be pulled onto this project and so they then had a uh, they had you know uh, a vacuum in their own team to complete their normal projects yeah. so so tell uh, me about, like um I just want to understand from GHD or like a company's perspective on why they would be offering up their engineers to be seconded to other companies. Yeah. And obviously, I'm sure it's a financial incentive. Yeah. But um, uh, is this uh, 
are you basically a service out for hire kind of thing or are they getting like a retention on the project um, fees or like how do yeah so so I think even within GHD and I'm sure a lot of people listening will probably uh, agree that there are I suppose two two trains of thought on on secondments Um, some people really love them and as a graduate and, and as someone that is uh, really open and really keen to new experiences. Yeah. Um, I love to travel and stuff like that. So for me to go away on a secondment uh, and work on a completely different project with a completely different uh, team and company, I love that. Yeah. Um, the benefit for the company is that they actually have me build out at a good rate consistently 40 hours a week, which is perfect for a consultancy yeah, because they good. obviously they work on build hours. Yeah. Um, but then there is also the negative train of thought in that... Um, your person is committed to that company for six months or, or, or whatever it is, you know, maybe it's an open contract. So um, with that, you then might have a really lucrative and very important job come up in your normal office and you're, you're taken. So, you, you know, you can't sometimes be pulled back very easily. So, uh, yeah. and then uh, being honest as well, um, you know, there is, a, there is sometimes a, a, an opportunity or, or a chance that um, going on secondment with, uh, uh, you know, another company, you can actually become detached from your parent company or your hiring company. You know, maybe not working in your normal office for six months or twelve months. Um, you could actually have a significant problem. Yeah. Ha- you know. Sorry, I'll just wait up and cut that cop shit out. And so, if we can just cut this and just start again. Yeah. Yeah. So. Basically, man, there's uh, I think there's pretty much two trains of thought um, on secondments. Um, the positive is, is, and I think I have this train of thought, and, and I love secondments because I love travel, I love new experiences, so it's fantastic in the fact that you can actually, um, you know, jump out to a brand new company on a brand new team and uh, and learn a completely different job uh, that you might not have been able to learn in your company, you know? So that's one really fantastic, I suppose, uh, component of secondments, um, but on the negative side, uh, and I think my, my boss is, is a little bit weary on this. In the fact is that <laughs> your your resource, you know, like myself being a, a junior engineer, graduate engineer, is completely uh, taken up a hundred percent for you know whatever period of time that is. So yeah. if you end up having a very high importance or urgent job come back to you in GHD Brisbane, I can't come back just really quickly and help them with that. Yeah, you're you know? contracted out. So yeah. exactly. So you do lose that. Yeah. Um, and I suppose it's quite common in consultancies as well to have your staff members poached. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't know what that means, that's pretty much um, incentivized or offered a very good job offer. Um, and then, you you know, whether that suits you or not, you may then be tempted to leave your company and work for them. And, and um, the reason why that could be a negative for your company is the fact that, you know, you might be away from your normal office and your normal team and your normal boss for three months or six months or sometimes 12 months. Um, we've had people in our team seconded for years, yeah, and so you almost don't work for them anymore. Yeah, you it's know, like and a disconnect between exactly the, the original you, you, team. You do feel detached, and yeah. uh, and I know I felt a little bit like that. It, it hasn't affected me a lot, but um, you do feel attached, and and sometimes if you're in a good opportunity and a good secondment, and you do succeed and you do really well, um, the company if they do really like you and the relationship works out well, they will offer you a permanent position. Yeah, yeah, and. I know at GHD, like many other consultancies, that they do have retention problems with secondments yeah, um, okay. sometimes. So it's very ad hoc and it's very, you know, case by case basis. Yeah. But those are the, I suppose, the two trains of thought yep. on secondments. So you got to, um, oh, sorry, I've kind of cut you off a bit there. But right, I'm really right. keen to find out about like 
the almost uh, perks and, and the advantages of being on a comet because you tell me about all these fancy perks and stuff that you get and I go gee far far out that'd be pretty good actually it's a yeah yeah I mean, a it's, little it's, bit better than a rotation maybe it's it's yeah but when you move down what do GHD or city city power kind of offer you straight up yeah so I mean all the all of the I suppose the aspects or the the conditions of the contract are negotiated before you go down yep um, but I um, I was obviously contracted to City Power Power Corps, uh, and within the contract, they obviously negotiate things like travel budgets, accommodation budgets, and all that sort of stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so I did you drive or fly down? How did you get your stuff down? Yeah, so uh, for this secondment, because it was planned to at least be a, a medium to long-term secondment of, you know, let's say four to six months, 12 months, yep. um, I drove my car down, uh, yep. and I essentially packed up my whole life. And uh, because it's a quite odd, uh, odd over, period over, of time. Over two days or something stupid. Yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> but, you know, my original contract was supposed to go for four months. And it's quite an odd period of time, you know. It's, it's not like a couple of yeah. weeks where you can just take a backpack. But, yeah. you know, so, so I did drive my car down. I love to go hiking, a lot of things. So I wanted to have a lot of gear and a lot of things to be able to, you know, enjoy my weekends while I was away. Yeah. Um, so I drove down and, and that was all paid for, uh, which is really good. And... Um, and I suppose the, when you're comparing it to a rotation, uh, they actually put me up. They had accommodation for me, uh, already organised. Uh, my travel was all paid for. Um, you obviously receive like a living away from home allowance, um, and so that helps you. Uh, and in my instance, I was uh, not able to uh, finish up my accommodation in Brisbane, so I was still I'm still paying rent while on secondment. Um, obviously, because of the uh, abruptness of the contract. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you're given allowance and stuff, which is really, which is really nice, and that helps, uh, you know, transition to a new city where you have to, you know, either buy new equipment or new, you know, whatever it is that you need. But you know, yep. you have to move yep. down there, and um, yeah. But I've really enjoyed it so far, and as I mentioned, I love to travel and have new experiences. So um, in my secondment, I've worked in the network solutions team, and uh, and, mm-hmm. and my main work was working on underground residential development. So um, that basically was receiving uh, development plans from property developers uh, with housing developments, and they would show us, okay, we've got 100, 200, you know, 400 lots, um, yep. and then we would actually work out the average uh, demand of those houses, yep. uh, and then we would do all of the low voltage and high voltage design, mm-hmm. uh, including kiosk substations and all of the reticulation, the power reticulation, um, and we would design that whole system and then send it back to the property developer and give them a quote on the work that they would need to be able to do mm-hmm. to provide power to this housing development. Yeah, nice. So that was it was interesting, um, but it was a relatively simple or, or, or just less technical project. And so I sort of seemed to grasp, uh, you know, that, that sort of work and the operations quite quickly. So quite repetitive, would you say? Yeah, it's quite repetitive. It's very similar, uh, yep. job to job. I mean, it does vary slightly, but it was quite similar. Yep. Um, and so I went from that and, and just with the way I, uh, I suppose engage with people and, and talk as you probably know jack i um i was uh, never ending no, exactly on. yeah so but I'm, I'm constantly scheming and i'm constantly looking for new opportunities so yeah. um i was able to actually just through coincidence i was looking at, at at taking one of the city power cars to our to their geelong depot and yep. through some conversation i was actually able to talk my way onto an additional project yeah wow um, and that was fantastic because i was able to be paid overtime um, and it was in a much more technical project, which is called the FDIR project, which is the Fault Detection Isolation and Recovery Project. So 
To, um, me, to me, that kind of sounds like a fuse almost, like a fancy way of saying <laughs> fuse. Is that it's, wrong? Uh, or? Oh, it's, it's, it's a method of operations. And so basically, okay. the way I explain it, if you have five sections of power line, yeah. one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. If you have all five sections being powered by one power source, one zone substation, yeah. you also then have a backfeed scenario. Okay. Which means that if you lose power from your main section, you can then provide power from your backup. Oh, right, I see. Like a spider network that yep. we've been talking about in okay. the past. And so this FDR project allows you that if you have a, a, a fault or if you have like a tree, uh, a, a, a tree branch hit your line and you lose power in one section of yep. your line, let's say section three, mm-hmm. you can then continue through this FDR project, you can continue to feed power to sections one and two from the power station X, and you can then feed line sections four and five from your power station Y. Oh, I see. So it doesn't completely cut off the network kind of thing. It's so, a way of looping it around. Exactly. So it's 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 a way to minimize the customer lost minutes yep. on a line to improve, uh, I suppose, the, um, the operation of the network so that less customers are affected when there is a power outage. Oh, okay. So it's almost like a blackout response time. Or exactly. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's a much faster way to ensure that, you know, line section three will still be out of power. Yep. And that will require an operations team to go out there and fix the line and, you know, take the tree branch down, yep. for example. Yep. But sections four and five and one and two can still be powered, mm-hmm. you know, while that other, you know, while the operations team have to go out and fix the line. Yep. So uh, that's a really interesting project. Um, I had to do the protection reviews for that project. Uh, and that was really interesting. And, and I suppose with me, I um, I didn't come in definitely no, by no means as a subject matter expert, but I... I roughly knew what the project was about. I knew what I was going to be required to do. Yeah. Um, but for me, I learned quite a lot in this, and I'm still learning quite a lot in the secondment because this client, they actually do a lot of work in the operations and maintenance. You know, They don't design or construct their work. Uh, well, they do some of it, but their space is really operation and maintenance. Yeah. Whereas from GHD, we don't own any assets. We don't actually operate or maintain any assets. We just design and construct. Mm-hmm. So I was able to learn from a different aspect in engineering, which has been really interesting. And um, and I really love it. For anyone that loves to travel, for anyone that loves new experiences, I love to comments. And obviously, as probably a lot of people know, I'm quite a networker and quite a social person. Yeah. Uh, it's a fantastic opportunity because you can have opportunities in different companies and different teams learning different things almost like a job hopper yeah. where you can actually quickly go somewhere very easily but you don't have to quit your job and you don't have to Definitely. you know have a bad reputation You've of got wanting security as well exactly so for me you know if i was going to do this in reality i would have to quit my job at ghd go to city power and then do that for 6 months or 12 months and then quit and go you know it wouldn't be feasible so um, i've had I've, I've found this was fantastic because i've learned a lot of brand new skills uh, I've obviously met a lot of people and, and created a brand new network in Melbourne. I would have never would have never done unless I've moved down there permanently, and um, and I've learned a lot in the, in, in you know in mm. in the process. So I um, think I think we we were harping on about this. Well, I was before we actually started this episode, but you just highlighted um, the importance of having a network as well. Yeah. And across the country, I know for myself, I call up people down in Melbourne. Um, I think it was regularly. Even, yeah, I think it was like yesterday. I called up someone down in Melbourne, uh, querying them on. A topic that I knew they were a subject matter expert on, yeah, and um, 
yeah, super easy to do when you've already made that connection with them. We get along quite well, good yeah. friends. Yeah. Um, and down in Melbourne, I know that particular process. They yeah. are actually the experts. They do it so yeah. well, and they do it better out of anyone else in the country. Yeah. And here in Queensland, we do it well as well, but not quite uh, as in-depth as yeah. what they do there. And it's yeah. amazing to be able to call on those kind of people yeah. for those issues. Oh, I don't I know could... if that's the same for you. No, man, I, I 100% agree. And, and for us, uh, although they might be in a different field of engineering, uh, you can always call on those guys and... And the thing I've loved, uh, for example, in the second project, the FDR project, I've, I've created a fantastic relationship with a protection engineer called Paul, and he's really taken me under his wing and taught me a lot. And although I might have designed protection systems at GHD, I never operated or maintained these systems yep. at GHD, you know? So I've actually learned not only how they just need to work at the start, but how they need to work at 10 years old, 20 years old, 30 years old, yeah. old technology, integrating with new technology, um, and it's been really fantastic. So I definitely, from my point of view, encourage the comments. Um, it's been a fantastic opportunity for me. And, and obviously it helps if you're single and you don't have, um, you know, relationships and family definitely. back home. Um, I know there are other comments where you can work on a fly-in, fly-out basis. Yep. Um, so for people that might have a, a family or, or, you know, a serious relationship, um, they, they would obviously discuss conditions in their contract where they might fly in on a Monday morning and fly out on a Friday night. Um, it really depends on the client, the contract, and the job you're going to be doing. So I, I completely agree, man. It's it's really important to, I suppose, create new and additional networks that you probably would have never had an opportunity previously. Um, obviously, you know, you'd have would have to have quit GHD, you know, moved to Melbourne, work at City Power. You couldn't do that for six months and then just come back to GHD. It wouldn't work. So um, mm. that's why I really love the opportunity to work uh, on a succumbent because you are like an employee of theirs. Um, be able to create relationships, friendships, go out with, you know, for beers with the guys, learn from them. And for example, I've, I've created a great relationship with Paul, who's a protection engineer. Yep. Uh, and he's brought me under his wing, taught me a lot and, and really teaching me from the operation and maintenance uh, point of view, rather than the design and construct that you would learn at, at a consultancy like GHD. So uh, I've been super fortunate and I'm a massive advocate for, for secondments. Uh, it's really taught me a lot. And, uh, and especially considering my aptitude or my, my, um, my hunger for traveling, new experiences, stuff like that has been fantastic. So, I mean, I definitely encourage it. And um, yeah, it's, it's allowed me to create a brand new network down there that I can call upon, uh, as you've mentioned, whenever I need. Um, and I might, and I, I definitely think I will in the future, design better protection systems, mm. knowing how they need to be operated and maintained. Definitely. So I think you get that uh, whole of life principle when you don't only just design something to work tomorrow, but you design it knowing how it has to operate and be maintained for 5, 10, 15, 30 years. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's a really important concept to learn. Um, so that's one thing I've learned in Muscle Common and what I really love. So I'm happy to, uh, you know, the clients actually asked me to extend my contract, which, is, yeah. which has been fantastic. They've been obviously really happy with, with my work and the project's progress. So uh, I'm going to be staying down there until February. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just back up here in Brisbane for Christmas. Um, but I'll go back down until the end of Feb. And then I'll come back up into Brisbane, um, you know, business as usual, and I'll, I'll get stuck into another uh, another project with GHD Absolutely. here in Brisbane. So, but um, mate, super exciting! It sounds yeah. like um, secondments and even just working with GHD, you've had the, an abundance of opportunities arising just yeah. purely through all the projects and things. Yeah, that, that and you I think and your if company's pursuing. I think if you listen, if you haven't already, please. And it's, it sounds like a plug, but but please listen to Rob Hoffman's uh, podcast. Yeah. 
Definitely. And he mentions, and, and I definitely concur that GHD is fantastic in allowing you to have different opportunities all over the place, whether it's with different companies, and different not just teams. Being GHD, I'd imagine most consultancies would oh, be yeah. quite similarly. Yeah, yeah, for Absolutely. sure, for sure. But I, th- I suppose if you just draw a parallel between Rob and I, mm. um, having fantastic opportunities at GHD, they allow you to travel, learn uh, in different aspects and different opportunities. So that's one thing I really encourage and love. Definitely. Um, so yeah, but if you uh, guys, if you've loved this podcast, if you want to know more about Wholesome's grad, uh, you know, rotation program. Um, or any other grad programs. Exactly. Uh, you know, like we talked with Drew Lehman just last week about... Um, Absolutely. About... Yep. Uh, broad uh, her, Spectrum. Broad Spectrum, and... their grad rotation program. Um, or if you want to learn more about secondments, the pros, the cons, um, uh, talk to us or flick us an email at thepretendengineers at gmail.com. Uh, and we'd love to help answer your questions. Yep. So this, hope- will, this will be kind of our last episode for the year. But yep. we're looking to come back probably at the beginning of our kind of uh, shut down, I suppose, at the end of our shutdown, which will be uh, second week back in yep. January, I Se- suppose. Second week of January will be back. And so. um, yeah, we'll be hitting the ground running in the new year, 2019. Yep. Really keen. We've got some amazing guests that we really want to share with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, some really cool stories out there that yeah. just really need to be heard and we can't wait to bring them to you. Yeah. Kind of thing. So, yeah, guys, I hope you've you've got something from, I suppose, the rotation side of things and the comment side of things. I hope you've, you've learned something or, you know, taken something from it. Um, please, again, as we always mention, like us, comment us, share us, and, and give us your feedback on what you want to hear. Um, because, I mean, we've got a lot of ideas, but we've got ideas on what we think will be good. We really want to get ideas on what you think will be good. So uh, do us a favor and give us some feedback. But, uh, guys, have a fantastic uh, Christmas and, uh, and New Year. And thanks again for listening to uh, yeah, thank Jack you guys. and I as the Pretend Engineers. Mm-hmm.